At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Tuesday morning to you. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. All proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Midland. How you doing? It's happening. Doing well, my friend. Welcome back from vacation. Yeah, man. First of all, How thank you to it? JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel. Usually there's more than one person work. who fills in over Him two and weeks. Matt Brown. Matt oh, Brown Matt Brown did, did as well? He did a day. He okay. Did a day. Yep. All right. He well, did one. Well, nine-tenths thanks to JVT. Ten <laughs> percent to uh, to Matthew Brown. Thank you very much. Um, operating on one hour sleep here, Kelly. Yeah, what uh jet so, lag, so, baby. So what was what was it? Fourteen hours uh sometime yesterday? Yeah. And then one hour to try to reset I, yourself. I can't sleep. I just screwed up. Couldn't sleep. So I may fall asleep mid sentence today, which will be fun. You're gonna be toast for like a week. I, I may fall asleep mid sentence, or I might hallucinate that while I was gone, uh Isaiah tried to eat McNuggets on air. A <laughs> hundred of them in a hundred minutes. How did that go down? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you. It was uh well, it was a lead up it was a long story leading up to a backstory about um, so uh, we were talking about what, what was it? Hakeem that fi- what filmed the commercial in the nineties with like Duncan nuggets. And some story came out about, it. he had to do it like a hundred takes of it. So we got talking about that. Then we got talking about unsettled side bets here at VEASAN. Oh, so like many. Matt Brown's kick and so everything. So many of them. So we lined them all up. And then it was, you know, I know Isaiah was going to be chirping that he could do the Nuggets thing. He's a chirper. So, you know, I lowballed him with 100 bucks. I was willing to go up to like 400, but he jumped on it immediately. How many did he get through, bottom line? Well, he, he, made through, he made it through like 30 in about 10 minutes, Gil. You would have been like, man, this guy's cruising. He hit a wall at about 45. At 50, he tapped out. 50 minutes into the show. Wow. Didn't even get to second hour. So I missed a lot. Yeah, I right. missed a lot. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what else I missed. Uh, first of all, Drew Densick on the show today. Talk uh, Women's World Cup and football with Drew Densick coming up. Chrissy Andrews in studio, as always, on a Tuesday. It'll be nice to catch up with Chrissy. Uh, Paul Carr on the Women's World Cup and Mark Borchard. Let's do some baseball today. Get uh, his best bets season long here at this point. 100 games roughly through the season. So the 100-game mark, nice uh, point to reset and uh, go with his best season-long remaining bets, that is, what he's got today in baseball. And, of course, uh, we used to do some of the 100-game mark, Mark Borchard and I, which was sort of the sabermetrics all-stars, which are just noting a pitcher or two who have supremely overperformed and underperformed uh, to this point in the season. So we'll get into that with Borchard. Um, biggest thing I missed, of course, uh, it did happen. It happened, to quote the great Jim Lampley, when uh, – George Foreman knocked out Michael Moore, and he, and he exclaimed, it happened, it happened. Uh, Washington football team got sold, officially. Daniel Snyder out. 
Josh Harris in. This was huge for some of us who grew up in that area and are lifelong fans. Uh, there is one offshore, Kelly, that has decided to uh, post odds on a potential name change. The name change, by the way, will happen. Will happen. just won't happen this offseason, in my opinion. But I think next offseason it absolutely will. And um, when, when there's more time to run through it. Because the people have spoken. They don't want the commanders. And right now, this offshore, uh, Will Washington changed the name, by the way. The yes is minus 400. The no is plus 250. I think the yes is correct there. But the next name of the Washington franchise, Spartans is the short shot at 6-1. to one. When did that happen? Ugh, not better. When did that happen? Football team, by the way, re- reverting back to Washington football team, 7-1. to one. Could be. Red Hogs, Kelly, a nod to the past of the team, both with the uh, – with the red and with the hogs, I suppose. The hogs is what I'm talking about primarily, though. Yeah. Eight to one. Why isn't it just the hogs, though? Uh, yeah. Like, isn't that the most obvious one? Or am I crazy? No, you're probably right. Okay. But I guess they... And it's not even listed. Yeah, they're just being clever. I mean, this is an yeah. offshore. Who knows if it has any basis in any sort of reality. And the DC's at 12 to one. By the way, my favorite, the power. Never gets mentioned. I'm the only one who seems to like it. The Washington power. I like that. Uh, I, Except a singular, right? Th- right, yeah. Yeah, people have a problem with that. Uh, Washington Power, just put a big fist on the helmet, and you're good to go. Power, followed it, by football team. I don't think you can go back, but for those who are like, can you go back to the older name? Yeah. I think once that genie is out of the bottle, you cannot. Yeah, you're, I think that. No so that way. Ain't. No way on that one. But the uh, it's interesting because I, like I feel like Washington football team is not going to be everyone's first choice. But it would be their second choice. Yes, that's correct. Like, it's the one that everybody would be okay with because we already know everybody's okay with Like it. in an MVP voting, when they vote one, two, three, four, and Ex- five, exactly, it'll end yeah. up winning the MVP <laughs> yeah. for the most second-place votes, but not the most first. Anyways, that's some fun offshore. As far as, like, legit things that are available everywhere, uh, NL Cy Young comes to mind, and I want to just talk about this off the top before we get to our guest today. Uh, I have multiple bets on Spencer Strider to win the National League Cy Young. We, we sort of updated this a couple months ago, but I just want to get into um, one of the tried and true indicators of who ends up winning the Cy Young. So now, again, I have a couple bets on on Spencer Strider. Why do I have those bets on him? The Atlanta Braves uh, ace, well, so many advanced stats, third in fielding independent, first in XFIP, fifth in war, first in Sierra, first in K percentage, tied for first in wins, uh, even into the uh, non-advanced stats, the standard baseball card stats. Um we go on and on, and, and Borchard and I will later in the Sabermetrics All-Stars. So many reasons why I think Strider should be the NL Cy Young Award winner if it were voted on today. But who cares, honestly, Kelly, what I have to say when you have someone and some device that has accurately predicted Cy Young Award winners, the eventual Cy Young Award winners, with supreme accuracy through the years, and it goes back to Tom Tango, Tom Tango is a baseball sabermetrician, for lack of a better word. He's an innovator in baseball advanced stats. He, among other things, came up with fielding independent pitching. He is the one who developed the run expectancy matrix for those who delve into these kinds of things. So Tango knows what he's doing on multiple fronts in baseball analytics. And when it comes to the Cy Young, just to sort of give you his street cred on this, in case you uh, missed the first time we went through this, he has accuracy. So in 2015, let's go back some years, 2015, his method of picking a Cy Young Award winner, both the AL and NL, he got the top five in both leagues right in the right order, one through five. 2016, wow. his method correctly predicted the three finalists in both leagues. 2017, he got all of the AL finalists in order, 
and let me start again in 2017 just to sort of go to the present day. 2017, he nailed Corey Kluber in the American League. 2018, he hit Blake Snell in the American League. 2019, he hit both Verlander in the American League and DeGrom in the NL. 2020, Bieber in the American League. 2021, these are the eventual Cy Young Award winners. 2021, he did not hit either. 2022, last year, he hit both Verlander in the American League and Alcantara in the National League. So out of the last 12, talking about from 2017 on to today, he's hit seven of the 12 winners. It's not a bad track record. Pretty, pretty it's good. It's not perfect. It's not infallible. <laughs> it's not infallible. But it's about it's as good. Damn impressive. Yeah, it's about as impressive as you get. So someone like me can go on and prattle on and on about, well, I think these advanced stats and look at all these advanced stats and this should be the Cy Young Award, or, uh, Cy Young Award winner. It doesn't really necessarily manifest in reality. What ends up manifesting is Tom Tango's Cy Young point system. And I'm going to give you the formula. We're going to reveal what his top five right now are, are in each league and juxtapose them against the current betting odds. But, and I know I didn't sort of warn you there's going to be some math here, but this is, this is the simple formula that he has. Ready for this? Innings pitched divided by two minus earned runs plus strikeouts divided by 10 plus wins. That's it. None of this fielding independent, XFIP, war, K percentage. Again, simply put, innings, innings pitch divided by two minus, e, minus earned runs plus strikeouts divided by 10 plus wins. You don't have to know that. I'll just give you what it comes up with. Let's start with the American League, if we could, Kelly, because this is more straightforward and it's more in sync with the actual market odds currently. Currently, He's got Garrett Cole as the American Cy Young Award winner. 48.1 tango points. Again, the points generated by the formula I just gave. Garrett Cole is the short shot in the American League Cy Young race at plus 175. So tango is right in sync with it. In fact, his first five guys are the five short guys in the AL Cy Young Award market, betting market that is, with a little change in the order, but still in the top five. Nathan Eovaldi would represent the most value per Tom Tango in the American League Cy Young race. He's second per Tango, and he's fifth in the market at DraftKings at plus 750. So Nathan Eovaldi of the Rangers would represent the most value currently per Tom Tango in the American League, though one, two, three, four, and five are just out of order, if you will. Now, the National League's something entirely different. If you go to the National League, remember when we last did this, Marcus Stroman was his number one. Marcus Stroman is no longer his number one, Marcus Stroman has dropped to number four, but here's the deal. Zach Gallen, who is the short shot, is Tom Tango's number one guy as well. 43.7 National League Cy Young points per Tom Tango, not nearly as high as a collective. But Zach Gallen, who's plus 220 in the NL Cy Young Award market, he's number one per Tango. Blake Snell, who's number three in the Cy Young Award market in the National League, is second per Tango. So plus 390 at DraftKings is Blake Snell. And here's where it just goes completely out of whack. Tango's third, fourth, and fifth Cy Young selections, or at least by his point system, I should say, currently, are Kershaw, Stroman, and Luzardo of the Marlins. Clayton Kershaw, Marcus Stroman of the Cubs, and Jesus Luzardo of the Marlins are 3-4-5 per Tango. They are 22-1, to 25-1, to and 22-1, to respectively, in the betting market for NL Cy Young. So again, Tango's tried-and-true sort of formula which isn't infallible, as we've pointed out, but is pretty darn accurate through the years. If you're looking for value, it's Eovaldi currently in the American League. 
and it's clearly Kershaw, Stroman, or Luzardo, pick your poison, or pick your favorite, in the National League. And it should be pointed out, the reason I included Spencer Strider here, my guy, Strider's sixth mm. in the National League per tango, and he's plus 270. So per tango, the dumb money, my money, is on Strider currently. Pretty interesting. I would not have nece- I would not have expected Strider to still be that far back. And I'll make the case later with Borchard as to why Strider, as great as he is, is probably better than his numbers even suggest currently. I like it. But Tango doesn't care. That's interesting. That is interesting. Tango don't care. Tango's got the two short shots as the guys to win the Cy Young at this moment. But again, 60 more baseball games to play. Coming up, Drew Densick on the Women's World Cup and more football next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. It must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. We should just also, the disclaimer on what we just talked about, Kelly, because you made a great point off air, right? So in Strowman's case, again, it's one thing where we're talking about where's the value. Mm-hmm. It's another thing. He's still got the short shots at number one. So value schmalue, you're only trying to pick the winner here. And with the value in the National League, Kershaw's not coming back to early till early August, and Strowman could be traded. Talk about the 22 to 1 and 25 to 1, respectively. And if Strowman is traded out of the league, then that's that. Yeah, that's a problem. I mean, and, and I guess it makes sense Kershaw's rated that highly by him. He's just, yep. his odds have drifted, which also makes sense because he's missed games. 
Uh, we get tweets at Beanie the Book, Los Vegas 514. Yo, welcome back. Guess what happened while you were gone? Hope you celebrated appropriately. Let's go. Talking about the skin. Sam Ginsburg. They should go back to the old name and just claim it's after the potato. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Elvis Toast Patterson fan. Welcome back, young Gilly. Uh, get your Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford tickets for Saturday night yet, or are you driving up to Salt Lake City for UFC? Great fight night, either way. And Ryan Hyatt, hearing Gil back on uh, Visa with Kelly, it's like the Swallows getting back to Capistrano. All is right and football's in the air. Let the survivor strategy sessions begin. It's like the Swallows going back to Capistrano, Kelly. No, yeah, I don't get that. I, don't, I have no idea what that means. Ryan Hyatt, though, we love him. Oh, yeah, great. Ryan Hyatt had you on a podcast. Yeah, I was not? just on there last week with those guys, yep. Ryan Hyatt, bless your heart. It's a good time. Yeah, man. Ryan Hyatt, silent uh, producer of uh, Primetime Action That's back right. in the day. That's right. Drew Densick joins us, ladies and gentlemen. He hosts not one but two podcasts. One is The Deep Dive with Andy Molitor. Densick Classic, as we like to refer to it. The other, of course, NBC Sports Bet the Edge. He comes to us from the LBC. How you doing, man? Oh, not too bad. Uh, just up the way from uh, Capistrano, actually. And uh, yeah, oh. the uh, the swallows of Capistrano are, are world famous. World famous. Well, we know they're world famous. We're just not that bright, Drew, I think is what it comes down to on this, <laughs> on this particular matter. Kelly's like, yeah, we own it. We own that on this. Um, all right. Let me ask you a question. Women's World Cup. I hear you're all up in it. First of all, before we get there, Tour de France. Did that end up going well for you? Yes. Jonas Vingago, he came through in spectacular fashion. He won the time trial, uh, just absolutely dropped the hammer on Pogacar uh, with about a week to go in the tour. Uh, put put a minute 30 on him, I believe, in the time trial. It was a mountain mountain time trial, so it was specifically tooled for those two to show down. Um, and then uh, dropped him the next day, ended up winning by like seven minutes. So that was a huge result for me. Very, very excited to see Vingigo come through um, and actually sets up an, an interesting matchup next year. So he's got now two in a row, and uh, Pogachar realistically – didn't have the best preparation because he come came in, you know, having broken his wrist in April, didn't ride in the Dauphine, didn't do a number of the kind of typical warm-up races. If you're really going to compete for a yellow Jersey uh, next year, I would expect that he is kind of in, you know, fully fit for the tour. And uh, I think team UAE showed that they have some top end talent and they can kind of build around that and have a stronger team, which should uh, kind of maybe give you um, a decent price on Pogacar next year to come in and, and stop the three feet. All right. So before we get into the Women's World Cup, then I want to, it begs the question, because I want to ask this, because there's people who are always new listeners, and they're listening to you for the first time, or maybe the second time, and they're like, oh, this this guy, Drew, is, is interesting. He's super into football, which we're all into, and then he really does pick his spots. Like, we don't hear him talking baseball. Um, he likes the NBA, but he doesn't play college sports. Then he gets fascinated by the tour. Now he's fast. He's obviously a tennis guy. Now he's fascinated by the Women's World Cup. What would you say to someone who would ask, okay, what is it that you see in what you end up betting that makes you go and bet it? That's a, it's a fair question. Um, you know, the, the particular timing I think matters for a lot of this stuff, right? Like, uh, I can, you know, I, I've, I learned the hard way to compartmentalize and not try to beat NFL and college football. Like, I don't think realistically you're going to originate a fair or a good number in both. If you're trying to do all of that at once, um, at best, you can get information in one sport and maybe even only in one division or one, you know, one league. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, kind of picking your places to where you're, you know, you're, you're giving your handicap a fair time matters. Um, you know, when you get into the summer, the dog days of summer, surely, 
um, you know, tennis takes over for me because there's really nothing else going on day by day that, uh, you know, I'm betting into. Um, but the Tour de France holds a special place because it's, you know, the, it's perfectly scheduled with those of us on the West Coast. You wake up, you get your coffee, you flip on NBC and there you have like just these unbelievable aerial shots of some of the most beautiful parts of Europe. And it's just like, OK, well. Uh, if I'm going to be sitting around watching this, I might as well have some skin <laughs> in the game. Right. And so then you start to handicap it. And the next thing you know, you're, uh, you're, you know, you're betting into some of the outright markets and, you know, for, for something like, um, the tour de France, I've, I learned the hard way again, not to try to really handicap any given stage, any given day. Those markets are like, that's like trying to hit first round leader in golf. Like it's just, there's chaos. You don't really know what teams are really trying to do on any given day. It's much better to go for the longer outright markets. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that helps you have some skin in it while also not, uh, you know, kind of burning your bankroll. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, it, it's all about the calendar, uh, NFL and tennis, as you know, are a perfect oh, handshake because I was, I was just going to say, just a, it, it's, it's such a, a perfect handshake. It's as if tennis calls up the NFL league office and says, here's, here's what we're going to do, <laughs> right? Australian open, right. When your playoffs are start, you know, are, are already in full swing, Everything else, like up to the U.S. U.S. Open, stops right literally as the as the NFL Week One begins. It is the most perfect of them all for sure. But that's often not said, right? We talk about oh, we want smaller markets, the ones that are that are uh, you know less market efficient. That's all true, but the calendar does matter in that. So we get to the Women's World Cup, which only happens you know once every several years. What have you been able to cull from it, just from a macro standpoint, thus far? Well, the, the macro story is pretty obvious. There's no goals. <laughs> this None. is, yes. uh, yes. And you know, those who follow international soccer in the way that, uh, it tends to manifest, this isn't surprising. Uh, it's kind of been a longstanding, um, you know, kind of macro angle that the round one of group stages is, is, you know, there's unexpected stuff. There's low scoring because, you know, these, these players are all coming from international club play where they have very well-defined roles and responsibilities. They have great chemistry with their teammates. And now you just kind of stir it all up and mix it all up and bang years and, you know, new group of players. Some There's lots of crossover in terms of roles, responsibilities, strengths, and weaknesses. And uh, it takes a little bit of time for, you know, things to click into, into uh, top gear. Um, and it didn't used to be this way necessarily with women's soccer, but women's international club soccer has really blown up. And, you know, all of these players are playing in, uh, you know, throughout the year now. And I think that's definitely impacted their ability to have international chemistry. And, uh, so you're seeing it, you know, it's particularly with the, uh, the uh, European teams outside of, uh, Spain and Germany have really, really, um, you know, kind of stubbed their toe to this point in the competition. Um, you know, Norway was something like a minus 300 favorite to win group a, they have yet to get a uh, to get a win. They have a, a loss, a, an ugly loss to New Zealand in the opener and a draw last night to Switzerland. So they're, uh, yeah, there you go. They're in deep trouble. Uh, thankfully for them, New Zealand did not beat the Philippines and secure the group. So they still have an outside chance at getting through to a knockout play. But, um, yeah, there's, you know, England has looked questionable. Uh, France obviously drawing against, uh, uh, in their first match was, was un, you know, not, not what they expected to come in to do. Uh, they were one of the hotter teams. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, similarly, Australia, uh, potentially without Sam Kerr now, they may, may be missing their best player. So really the, you know, kind of the top tier outside of, uh, you know, Spain and Germany has, uh, underwhelmed to this point in the, uh, uh, toward, you know, in, in the, uh, world cup. And, um, you know, I think USA is still the team to beat. 
that's really the only heavy outright action I have here so far. Um, and, uh, my, but my thesis of the knockout draw being somewhat lopsided is, is starting to erode because it looks like Spain is going to be your semifinal opponent and Germany might be your final opponent. Uh, and again, of what we've seen so far, those are the two best teams playing. And in hindsight, we should have seen that coming because they have the, you know, the leaders of the team all play on the same club team. So it's, you know, the chemistry is sort of already built in. So, um, lesson learned for next world cup. Anything on these next four games starting tonight with Colombia and South Korea? Uh, that was, so that, oh, one that was, was last, last night. night. We got it wrong and, on the screen. Uh, these were, la- the, these were uh, yesterday's. Yeah. Starting with, I should say, um, with see. Japan and Costa Rica tonight. Yeah. Japan's going to win going away there. That one's not going to be especially competitive, but I think, um, I think you're going to start to see a little bit of a pivot here as we, you know, come out of, you know, the travel issues start to wear off and, uh, and you're starting to develop some chemistry. We're going to start to see, uh, you know, some of the cream rise. Uh, and I think that includes team USA beating the Netherlands. Uh, I laid the goals there. Um, I was surprised that money line was as low as it was, uh, team USA two, zero, three, zero is sort of the uh, expected outcome there for me. So, uh, let's go USA. That's your play of the night. Uh, yeah, Korea, by the way, just blasted by Columbia. The second goal <laughs> going right through the goaltender's hands was not fun. If you, uh, had any thoughts of South Korea last night. We'll come back. A little more World Cup and football with Drew. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The NFL betting guide is out now, and our college football guide is coming in just a couple weeks. Only Visa Pro subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and NFL seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on futures and season win totals. Sign up before the end of July and receive both guides and full Visa Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl at an early bird discount of $175. Or sign up on a monthly subscription to get your first 30 days for only $19. To see everything VEASAN has up to uh, up your betting game, that is. This offer ends July 31st, so don't miss out on these preseason deals. Once again, sign up a monthly subscription. Get your first 30 days for only $19. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Today, we get tweets at beating the book. Always appreciate it. This is from Tom F. Welcome back, Gilly Ice. Going to be so awkward to hear we get X's instead of tweets. LOL. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, we had to uh, we had to try to navigate that immediately <laughs> yesterday. We're like, how do we? Uh, we get we get tweets. And the, well, I went to the dictionary yesterday, right? Because tweet is a is a word in the dictionary. Yeah. So what are we doing now? We're just tossing that out of the dictionary, or we're just going to keep using tweets? Well, he doesn't have any control over the dictionary. It's still yeah. a word. Yeah, I know, but like, is it good? It, but did you not know tweet was but a it word? No longer refers. No, but tweet like the act of using Twitter to uh, send. Yes, not like the sound a bird makes. Oh, I see. You're saying that definition was correct. Dictionary. That definition oh. should be removed. Oh, well, I think it would. Or be. we're just keeping it as we're tweeting on X. I don't think I'm going to stop saying tweets. Is that wrong? Is that bad? And if you if you are on X, don't tweet. You shouldn't tweet while you're on X. <laughs> PSA. PSA. Your pro, tip, <laughs> pro tip of the hour. Jesse Welch, maybe we can get a sleep-deprived guild to slip up and give out a secret sushi spot. Welcome back, Gilly. We missed you. Thank you, sir. Touchdown, Jesus. Gil returns. Haven't felt this good since Jabour was up 4-2 to two in the first. Welcome back. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about tennis. Kenny G, welcome back, Gil. Hope you enjoyed your vacation. Let the Survivor Talk get started. Thank you. Or should I say uh, in Korean, uh, where I was. Are you ready for this, uh, Kelly? A little uh, Korean? Talk? Show off. Gamsa Hamnida. Thank you. Use it in a sentence. I can't. 
Kamsahamnida. It's like very sing-songy. It's a beautiful language. Beautiful language. By the way, beautiful culture. Everybody's so polite. A no-tip culture. Okay. Because it's viewed as disrespect because what they are providing is should already be good enough. How about that? Americans. The automatic checkout at Smith's asked me if they, yesterday again if I'd like to uh, tip <laughs> them. Right. Uh, let's bring Drew back. Drew Didzik for both the uh, Bet the Edge and Deep Dive podcast. And Drew, let me start because real quick before we get to the tennis, uh, Kelly spent the uh, the greater part of the break looking up Swallows of Capistrano. Could you give us the Dumb and Dumber quote from it on there? Yes. No, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, Lloyd Christmas uh, convincing uh, his buddy, we got to go uh, return the suitcase uh, out to Aspen, beautiful Aspen, Colorado, where the women flock like the salmon of Capistrano. Um, <laughs> the... <laughs> the swallows of Capistrano, uh, yeah. huge among the birding community. Sure. Uh, just they have outstanding um, bird song, uh, and maybe even more than that, it's uh, it's huge for the bird watchers because they're kind of like they're like aerial trick artists. Um, like the just watching them fly and you know eating the insects is uh, it's it's mesmerizing. So wow. uh, huge, huge among the birding community here in Southern California. I think Drew just referenced former Kansas City King Otis Birdsong, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> That's what I got. Yeah. The, uh, and they migrate to Argentina. Every year. Oh, do they? Yes. Oh, okay. Nice time this time here. Um, all right, Drew. Tennis, because the because a, a tweet here brought it up, and again. Uh, thank you for all the tweets. We appreciate it at beating the book. But Jay, Touchdown Jesus brings it up. In the end, you ended up having a great Wimbledon. I believe I had a crappy Wimbledon. And in the end, it is not only Carlos Alcaraz over Novak Djokovic, which you called, as I recall, on the Beating the Book podcast, which we did beforehand. And then it was Marketa Vondrasova on the women's side, which I don't even believe we ever mentioned, if I'm not mistaken. Your thoughts on the, on yeah. the entire tournament as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I give us a pass on missing the Vondi call because yeah. she hadn't won a title since 2017. Um, yep. She had like two grass wins in her life <laughs> before Wimbledon. Uh, it was uh, that was a wild run by her. Um, and, you know, I I've struggled to find the mental space to give her credit for that because her approach <laughs> in the final was literally I'm just going to be a backboard and let this meltdown happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, she didn't make any mistakes. So good job there. She didn't melt down. Uh, so, you know, that, that would have been an easy spot to do that. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, for me, the women's side, the story was all about ons and, um, you know, I'm an apologist, I'm a ons fan. So my takeaways were, well, you know, she answered a lot of questions, uh, in this tournament. <laughs> she, uh, she beat some very, very, very talented opponents. Uh, she had comebacks against Rubakina and Sabalenka, which were all timers. Amazing. Um, comebacks, I think, yes. yeah. Amazing comebacks. And I think realistically, it's fair to expect that she's in the mix again next year, if not in the final again next year. And so it does uh, not she that's, be able to overcome. Yeah, because that's the obvious question, right? That is that yeah. those comebacks were great, but she's over three now in slam finals. You think her days are you, yeah. you sound like you don't think that it's done for her. She she will be back, you think. I would say so. Yeah. And I think, uh, I don't know what it's going to take for her to actually succeed in the final. Cause pretty clearly the minute she starts thinking about how oh, close she is absolutely. to, you know, that, that, you know, the, the brass ring, it all starts to fall apart. Um, you know, realistically the, the underdog status suited her fairly well against Kvitova against, uh, um, you know, Rabakina against Sabalenka, it felt like the underdog mentality kind of helped elevate her performance. Uh, and then as soon as it was, oh, wait, I'm supposed to, I'm, I'm expected to win this final. I'm, I'm going, I'm going to win Wimbledon finally. Like yeah. as soon as those thoughts sort of crept, 
in, it started to uh, all come apart. So uh, I don't know what it's going to take for her to kind of get over that, but uh, I have relatively little doubt that she's going to be in the mix next year. I think uh, she's pretty, you know, she's, she's, she's shown that she's the class player on tour on grass. Uh, and the level we saw from her in the third, second and third set against Rebecca, that was the best any of any of the women that I saw play. Yeah, uh, she did. As, as, as I mentioned on the podcast, her grass numbers were the best of the bunch heading in. Yeah. Uh, but uh, something happens in the final for sure. But yep. she did hit yep. Alcaraz, who, again, wow. we've been betting here on this show since he was playing like clay court tournaments in the edge of the earth uh, when he was 16 years old. And like with Iga, saw big things coming for him. But the difference was is that there was always the big three that existed in the men's side. So it was hard to, you know, jump to the conclusion that you could with Iga. But here he is. And now he won a great now he won Wimbledon. And so now you just wonder, I mean, is this the floodgates about to open? Yeah. I mean, when Djokovic broke through in what was it, 2008, it took him three years to win a second slam. Uh, well, you know, this is the guy that has now 23, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, the, the idea that he backed up last year's U S open with another slam already is, is scary for anyone else on tour who has aspirations of being a champ as you know, a slam champion. Um, and yeah, I think the actual match itself was the high point of tennis this season, I think in every regard. Um, it was a really, really, really good match from, uh, just, uh, uh, the way it you know, the way it all unfolded, uh, particularly in contrast to the way their match unfolded in, uh, in Roland Garros. And, um, surely, uh, it, I didn't get the prices that I you know full, full, um, you know, full transparency. I didn't get the prices I was hoping on Alcaraz in that match, in that moment. I thought it was, I, you know, I thought that the scars of people who went to the well to bet him at Roland Garros and, and got burned, I figured that was going to prevent any kind of you know, momentum in the betting market to get behind Alcaraz in the Wimbledon final where Djokovic hadn't lost on center court since 2013 and hadn't lost at all in Wimbledon since 2017. And no one on earth has beaten this guy, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I, I didn't think that we were going to, I didn't, I didn't think there was going to be momentum to support him in the final. Um, so I didn't get as big a stake, as big, as good a price as I was hoping. Uh, that said, it was still a huge, huge win. And I give, uh, you know, I give him most of the credit. He put on an incredible performance. He was mentally tough. He played like he had nothing to lose. And I think that mm-hmm. was sort of the key kind of key theme between both the finals, like the player playing with nothing to lose, uh, you know, performed, you know, more naturally, more, you know, less, less, uh, less, you know, less, less mental baggage. Um, the pressure was on Djokovic. Uh, you know, he was chasing a calendar slam. He was chasing Federer's record of eight Wimbledon's chasing Margaret Court's record of 24 slams. Like, you know, he, he was carrying the weight of expectation, not Alcaraz. And I thought that made a huge difference on top of the fact that conditions I thought played well for him. Uh, he didn't have any, you know, the, the, the wind I thought, uh, you know, impacted Djokovic's service. Um, and, uh, you know, once, once Alcaraz kind of started finding some winners, uh, it just felt like, uh, you know, the tide had completely turned and, uh, I'm excited for the rubber match in the U S open final. Yeah. Looks that way. Looks that way. Some some others will have something to say about it, but it certainly would be the chalk right now. Uh, real quick before you go, Saquon Barkley, the football news of the mm. day, does agree to a one-year deal with the Giants. One year, uh, $11 million, or could be up to $11 million in incentives. If they franchised them, it would have been over $10 million. So this is sort of a, you know, right after he says, I might have to, uh, you know, basically insinuate that he was going to sit out. They come to this, this agreement. This was already built in. This doesn't move the needle at all for you, does it? No, no. I mean, it's good for the Giants, obviously. If they had not had him, their skill position group is one of the worst in the NFL. Um, 
it's fine for Barkley. I mean, this is fair compensation for him. The entire, the, the, the annoying part of all this is just the NFL news cycle and the talking head stuff about compensation for running backs. Like oh, this isn't dude. exactly fair. Yes. Like this is, it is what it is. Like the, the, the moaning and complaining, like get over <laughs> yourselves guys. So true. Like, Barkley was the eighth best running back last year by my numbers. I would expect, you know, and he's got an availability problem. Like he just, sh- there's in no universe should the Giants dole out a multi-year contract for that time yeah. of player. And running backs get hurt. They get busted up. It's just how it is. It, it really is the annoying part of it. I would agree with it. Drew, thank you as always, man. Appreciate it. Hey, best luck, guys. Drew Dinsick coming back. Paul Carr on the Women's World Cup. On the other side, Numbers Game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Step up to the plate for BetMGM's new Swing for the Fences free to play game for the chance to win a prize every day this baseball season. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing in this free to play game. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet. On us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Swing for the fences with the king of sports books. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 and over to wager. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. In New York, call 877 877-8- H-O-P-E-N-Y or text Hope New York. That's H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel, this offer is not valid to Puerto Rico residents. By the way, Kelly, thank you very much. JVT didn't rock all the states? Did he not rock all the states? <laughs> he didn't get to all the states, so. <laughs> Uh, by the way, uh, Kelly, I want to say Anyang Haseo to uh, our new uh, listeners in Richmond, Virginia. 
Yeah, by the that's way, right. that's, that's hello in Korean. I'll stop with the Korean. <laughs> yeah, I got I had like well. had like three <laughs> phrases. They got me yeah. through the whole thing. I was gonna say you're gonna run out of phrases, anyways. Uh, as sports betting continues to grow, so does Veasan. You can hear Veasan now, twenty four seven on fourteen eighty The Line in Richmond, Virginia. Welcome to the Veasan family, and thank you for checking out the Sports Betting Network. Glad to have you aboard. Yeah, let's go Richmond. Uh, I don't mean to bring things down here, Kelly, but it, it appears this definitely needs to be reported. Yeah, this is just coming crazy. down from Shams Charania. USC All-American Bronny James collapsed on the court yesterday and had a cardiac arrest. He was taken to the hospital and is now in stable condition and no longer in the ICU. The statement reads, Yesterday while practicing, Bronny James suffered cardiac arrest or as they say, a cardiac arrest. Medical staff was able to treat Bronny and take him to the hospital. He is now in stable condition and no longer in ICU. We ask for respect and privacy for the James family, and we will update um, media when there's more information. LeBron and Savannah wish to publicly send their deepest thanks and appreciation to the USC medical and athletic staff for the incredible work and dedication to the safety of their athletes. Unquote. Wow. Glad that he's doing better. This just coming down. This yeah. happened yesterday, but just news of this now coming down from Shams. Whew. So I, I mean, I'm glad to hear he's not in the ICU anymore. Obviously, hope 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 and pray the best for him. Yeah, man. Um, I, and I, I mean, it's just crazy with the day and age we live in. Like it's 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 almost wild. This didn't come out yesterday, and I'm almost happy for the family it didn't. Right where you didn't have to deal with media oh, and everything swarming over this. Hundred percent. Well, we we hope for the best, and uh, hopefully his recovery um, continues in the trajectory that it is. We bring in Paul Carr. No real artful transition. Paul Carr joins us from Topeka, Kansas. He, of course, is the host of the Expected Value podcast, works at True Media Networks. You can follow him on Twitter at Paul Carr. That's C-A-R-R. How you doing, Paulie? What's happening? I'm doing well, Gil. It's good to see you again. Good to see you, man. Thank you. Uh, so we were talking with Drew earlier, Drew Densick, about the uh, Women's World Cup. And there are definitely, yep. from a macro standpoint, right, it's like very few goals being scored unless it's the big, you know, sides that everybody expects, the Spains, the Germanys, the United States. The other yeah. thing, and, and and there's so many other ones, one of them is just few upsets, period, correct? Yeah, we're looking at outright upsets, really a couple major ones. New Zealand beat Norway in the opener. Philippines beat New Zealand overnight. Um, that's about it from a you know wins. Jamaica drew France was a pretty big surprise, but it's been more or less according to form. I mean, things, and part of this is it's a 32-team World Cup. It's the first one that's 32 teams. So you've got a few more teams that may not have been there before. So some of it's you're just going to have a little bit more discrepancy. Uh, that's a little bit of it. And part of it's just kind of, you know, good teams are doing what good teams have to do so far. Yeah, and one of the bets you love to make when we, when we were talking Premier League is both teams to score. Where do we stand yeah. now on the <laughs> no on that? Uh, I wish I had taken the no every single game because it's hit in 17 out of 18 games so far. Uh, again, some of that's a discrepancy. Good teams score, bad teams don't in general. Um, and then, but I think kind of in a way the opposite is true. Like some of these bottom teams, like the defenses are just a lot better than they have been in recent tournaments and more kind of your mid to bottom teams, your Ireland types, uh, you know, Jamaica play pretty good defense against France. Uh, so that's part of it. And it's just, you know, Drew mentioned this, the first game of these tournaments tend to be conservative historically. They always have been. And it's just, it's extending the tournament. If you get smoked in your opener, you're kind of done almost for the tournament. Whereas 
if you get a draw, you know, a little over half teams advance after draws in their first matches. If you lose, it's like 13% historically. So that's part of it is you just kind of don't blow the tournament for yourself until, you know, we absolutely have to. So some of these teams may open up a little more in the second and third games because they have to, and they have to get three points, but you see a lot of conservative play early in tournaments. And, and that's what we've seen so far. Yeah. The low scoring is also, and this might just be anecdotal, but from what I've seen, sort of punctuated almost comically by some of the more ridiculous offside goals where it's not even not even for a moment do you think yeah. it'll count you're like that's not counting she was right. like way offside it's, it's a weird then yeah. they changed the rules a year or two ago where refs are supposed to let those go just because if you stop it and you're wrong they obviously don't have the chance to score the goal so the referees are supposed to let it go sometimes even if it's you know very obvious to you know amateurs like us with the naked eye to see it. So it feels wrong. It's kind of, it's kind of the right thing to do and it's what they're supposed to do, but it doesn't feel right when everyone's playing, even though everyone knows someone's offside. All right. So where do we stand on futures now? Uh, futures, you know, the U S is still a favorite, you know, the plus two fifty ish everywhere. Again, you want to jump on that as a fan. I don't think that's a terrible price. Uh, the only real change at the top is that Spain's your second favorite. Now they were, uh, they're they're down around plus, what is it? Plus three fifty, I think now, and England's closer to plus five fifty, plus 600. I mean, I don't have any real play here, but I will say if you like England and they didn't look great in their opener against Haiti, but if you liked them before the tournament at like plus 450, plus 400, maybe shorter, um, I mean, you can get a better price now and they won their opener. So it's not like anything's really changed for England. Uh, it, it just didn't look that great. Again, I'm not saying I'm playing it. I'm not rushing out to play it, but if that was your pre-tournament stance, you can get an even better price now. All right, and the Golden Boot, when we did the preview with you, you had a couple picks, I believe. Nothing's changed there because those are looking pretty good, huh? Right. Yeah, Alexandra Pop was was my pick. She was You could get her at plus 1,600 some places, which I did. She scored twice in the opener, and now she's down to plus 350. Right. So, I'm not, again, don't go out and play her now, but she's in a good spot. Uh, it's I mean, it's the same formula for any tournament. You want someone on a good team that's going to score a lot of goals. Uh, you want someone who's got some weak group opponents like Germany has a relatively soft group. And we think pop takes penalties. It's a little fuzzy because they haven't had a lot of penalties lately, but yeah, there's a pretty good value on her and it looks even better now. Okay. So now we have a, uh, another four games coming up. You yep. have plays in a couple of them. One involves the United States. Yeah. So U S will play Wednesday evening. It's 8 PM central time. Uh, I like us against Netherlands a lot. This is a rematch of the final from 2019. Uh, the difference here is the Dutch do not have Vivian Medema, who's their top scorer, uh, almost a hundred international goals for her. She is injured, not at the tournament. Uh, and the U S looked, you know, okay. They didn't obviously blow out Vietnam in the opener, but they're just, they're still the U S they're, they're better. They're deeper. Uh, they're fitter than any team in the world still. So I like the U S I'll play an alternate line of laying a goal and a half and you can get plus two ten on this. Uh, Drew mentioned it again, feels like a two nil type of win for the U S it's what the final was four years ago. Uh, just the U S is better. The Dutch didn't show a whole lot against Portugal. Uh, not a lot of firepower, even against kind of an average at best European team. Uh, so the U S is obviously a lot better and getting a nice plus 200 plus 210 price on landing goal and half. I'll do that with the U S and then you do have one tomorrow morning as well. Yeah. I've been fading Canada for just about any way possible in this tournament. I just think they're an older team that can't score. Uh, they couldn't score against Nigeria and Nigeria's defense is not as good as Ireland's. That's who Canada plays early tomorrow morning. Uh, so I like Ireland almost any way you want to play this. Uh, I did the double chance at plus 130. Uh, if you want to try a draw or even a win, I don't hate it. 
you want to go under two and a half or both teams to score? No, those are all pretty reasonable too, because those are hitting all over the place, but those are going to be in the like minus 180, minus 190 range. So I played Ireland double chance plus 130 against Canada tomorrow morning. Yeah, you mentioned something in there, which I don't want to gloss over, which is I wonder how many, again, this is not games involving the US or Spain of yeah. that ilk, Germany, not not big, you know, prohibitive favorites like we have tonight. Uh, yep. In terms of the, uh, well, Spain-Zambia game as well, but also the Japan-Costa Rica game. But anything yep. that's remotely competitive, I wonder how many people are just blindly undering and drawing, if you will. Yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah, that's kind it's of 12 of 18 games, I think, have had under three goals. And yeah, the ones that haven't are like Spain, U.S., Japan, Germany, Brazil. Like those are pretty much the ones that haven't. So yeah, blindly betting under two and a half or something is not the worst strategy. Obviously it's juicy, but uh, it's been paying off so far. Yeah. And, and draws as well, because you're obviously getting bang for your buck there. They're not going to happen every time, but the bang for the buck makes it worthwhile in some of those instances right. too. Betting against human achievement here, Paul, is not, <laughs> uh, has not been a terrible thing at all. And that's the understatement okay. of them all. You have to wake up early and then root for nothing. Oh, I did it with Norway, Switzerland. I woke up on my, I did the thing where the thumb is over the score and I'm like, zero, zero. There you go. I think a lot of people. Look, like looking at your whole cards, you kind of slowly reveal them. Yeah. All right. Appreciate <laughs> it, man. We'll talk again. Thank you, Paul. You bet. Have a good one. Paul Carr, everybody, from the Expected Value Podcast. We'll come back. Mark Borchard, let's talk some MLB. Best season long bets remaining next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 